dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. We're so thankful to have you with us. And we're now recording some new fresh episodes, which, you know, we always kind of record a little ahead of time around the program. But at the moment, we are in the middle of confining ourselves, all of us, basically as a nation, as, as a world, with the coronavirus pandemic. <clears throat> so we are going to have quite a few shows that are not going to be able to go ahead and, you know, really really strive away from what's going on in front of us. We're going to have to talk about it, but we have a lot of different issues to talk about over the next few weeks with episodes that uh, we have some great guests going on to go ahead and talk. And they will obviously have point of mind how this pandemic is affecting all of us as an industry. The good news is, as we know, is that cannabis for many, at least 20 states around the country have been deemed essential. So that part is being talked about. And I've also talked with some other guests that we'll have on the program talking about supply chain issues and how there will be a disruption of the supply chain because even though the dispensaries will be able to go and stay open, we'll be able to have enough product for enough of the consumers and customers out there to supply and keep that up. And what will be done through all different facets? We're going to cover all that here on Blunt Business over the next few weeks. I want you to make sure to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I want to introduce you to our next guests. They provide web and mobile apps to help cannabis businesses achieve compliance with their industry-leading self-audit, document management, and SOPs contest, powered by the leading cannabis tech developer in the space. So I'm joined by the CEO and co-founder of Simplifya, Marian Maria Tassan, and the managing partner and board member of Ceylon Solutions, Alan Banquier. Marion, Alan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, George. So, Marion, I want to definitely focus with you first. There was a great article that was published by Benzinga not too long ago about the crucial need for cannabis reg tech in a shaky economy. So, Simplify, first of all, it's a Denver-based software developer, one of those reg tech players that Benzinga says is helping marijuana pros navigate the market. That's especially the case now given the mounting devastation caused by the coronavirus pandemic, which has forced several companies in the space to furlough employees and close facilities. So your company has been improving tech and deepening its bench with engineering talent while so many other industries are cutting staff against the grain. So you said this to Benzinga, quote, we set out to do something that really had no prior playbook from a technology and content perspective. In order to provide a value-add product to operators, we had to first understand the pain points they face. So talk to me about these pain points that you are addressing. Sure, George. So, you know, Simplify, really, our, our mission and vision was to streamline and simplify, as the name of the company implies, uh, regulatory and operational compliance. What does that mean? You know, prior to Simplify, a lot of the licensed operators and even some now rely on spreadsheets, right? And file cabinets to essentially stay on top of the ever-changing uh, regula regulations that are handed down by state and local municipalities. And so what Simplify sets out to do is essentially take all that hard work of pouring through all these regs that are constantly changing. If you take COVID-19 now, for example, there have been emergency regs that have been published by states and even local municipalities on uh, new regulations that they have to adhere to. So Simplify 
most of our team consists of what we call a regulatory affairs team. These are lawyers and policy people that literally pour through the regulations line by line uh, so that the license operator doesn't have to stay on top of it. So we take those regs, we put it into an auditable yes or no format. It's in a 12th grade reading level. So whether you're uh, a massive MSO or a single license operator, you now can rely on Simplify to make sure that we're keeping you in compliance with all the regulations from a state and local perspective. Uh, similarly, we also extrapolate um, standard operating procedures from those regulations. So based on your license type and the state and local municipality or the city that you're in, we provide standard operating procedures so you can run your business efficiently according to uh, the laws. Uh, similarly, also we take we have the smart cabinet that once again extrapolating from the regulations. We give you basically a cheat sheet that tells you what you need to update, when you need to update it, things that you have to maintain, uh, say for example, like waste record management. You know, some states uh, require you to keep it for seven years. Most people, to get that level of detail, you literally have to go through, you know, three, four, 500 lines of regulation. Through Simplify, we break it down by category and we tell you exactly what you need to do. We cite the actual citation number. We tell you the governing uh, uh, regulatory body that it was published by. Everything is in one spot. Um, and then lastly, it's all streamlined, right? It's a software application that makes it very easy for you to keep all your historical records, all your, you know, when you have areas of non-compliance, when you fix it, who fixed it, when it was fixed, the time, date, all that stuff is tracked for you. So that, you know, even if you were to have employees that are furloughed, the system is tracking all the historical data and everything in one spot. Now, companies are struggling despite consumer stockpiling cannabis. You also said this to Benzinga, quote, while I think COVID-19 certainly is one of the biggest driving forces behind the uncertainties we see today with the market, economy, and society in general, I think layoffs are a part of a bigger problem that has been brewing since probably mid-2019. Now, given cannabis has mm -hmm. been deemed by many states as essential, consumers can still shop and get cannabis delivered to them, do you think there's any validity about the but the status of the cannabis supply chain. Obviously, you are addressing pain points. You are addressing what companies need to worry about in general from your from the RegTech perspective. But what about the supply chain itself? Because, you know, they can have everything, all the ducks in a row, but what if those ducks are not all there available for them? Yeah, I mean, that's yet to be seen, right? I mean, with states deeming cannabis essential, the good news there is that, you know, as I'd mentioned even in that article, I think, you know, we're... Um, you know, poised to be a recession-proof industry, kind of similar to alcohol. That being said, from the supply chain aspect of it, it's really hard to say at this moment, right? It depends on how many people in that supply chain become infected. Hopefully not, you know, obviously our hope is that generally speaking, no one's going to get affected, but we're seeing that obviously the numbers are going up and up. So depending on, you know, how many people are taken out of the supply chain, then obviously in terms of consumer uh, supply, that's going to be affected. Um, you know, it, I think at this point, it's really hard to say, even from my perspective, but I would say, you know, as people lay off people or even furlough people from a simplifier perspective, um, you know, you still have to maintain your compliance uh, and run your business uh, as basically deemed uh, by state and local regs. And so that's where we come into play. The other aspects, I really, you know, don't have enough insight or data to, uh, you know, speak intelligently about. 
George. So, Alan, I want to ask you real quick, uh, do you see anything right now where we're seeing in the economy itself, Dow Jones has been kind of trying to stabilize this stuff as we're looking along, that, that obviously there, there's been some, we're seeing how the economy is really being affected from that standpoint and how cannabis companies might be directly uh, affected. I wanted to know just from your end and your ex- investing expertise, what you could say about those companies that are also worrying about their, their bottom line in terms of what their shares are like and what uh, kind of value they have as a company in, in general. Well, you know, I, George, I think that uh, since uh, last, last summer, there has been a, a, a drought in uh, capital capital raising for a lot of the uh, um, um, cannabis companies, both public and private. And I think that uh, this, uh, the whole COVID-19 pandemic uh, has been just another blow uh, to the industry. And if you look at the public companies that were already in a lot of trouble, there are a couple that have bounced back because people have realized that uh, cannabis is uh, an essential industry and an industry that's here to stay uh, in a couple of states where they initially wanted to close uh, cannabis as a non-essential. Uh, they've got some pretty fast pushback and, and then they went backwards. So people started understanding that maybe cannabis is here uh, to stay. And as a result, you saw a couple of the well-funded, stronger companies uh, start bouncing back in the market. The problem is that a lot of these companies, the public ones and the private ones, are still early stage companies that have, for the most part, weak balance sheets. And what this is going to do is really start separating uh, the, the, the ones that are going to make it from the ones that aren't going to make it. And just in the last couple days, uh, there has been uh, a couple of that have started filing uh, defaults on not paying loans. And I think that you're going to see, start seeing some uh, consolidation by, by not by desire, but by wish for survival. And at the end of this, you're going to have an industry that hopefully will be a little smaller. People are going to go through some pain, but I think it'll be, it'll be a stronger industry and ready to really take its place uh, as, as the, the, the vertical that it, that it should be. I think one, one unfortunate thing is that many of these companies uh, involved in one way or another in the cannabis industry, turns out that they are not eligible for some of these uh, uh, subsidies and advantages that are being given out under the, uh, uh, for the personnel, the PPP, or even for SBA loans because uh, they are specifically ex- uh, excluded as the companies are not federally uh, uh, legal from getting these advantages, which is pretty outrageous because all of these companies pay not only income taxes, but also 280E taxes. Obviously, they pay Social Security and everything for the employees. So it's kind of frustrating that... Uh, uh, as an industry, we, we carry our weight, but then when it's time to get some help, we're excluded from that. One thing I'll tell you, right, and but I have seen some things where Canadian companies are actually getting some relief. Uh, there's a bill that actually has come across, I believe, that so there would be some I'm kind of about relief. U.S. companies. Say again? 
I, I was referring to the U.S. companies. No, I know, but I'm saying they, that at least up our neighbors to the north yeah. are going to see some relief up there where they're going to have that, but it doesn't help not helped enough. Even just look at the Canadian Securities Exchange, the CSE, and look at the numbers. We already saw, which a lot of American companies have made their way and been able to get listed on that exchange. The composite has dropped from April 24th last year at, at a high end of 930 points. It's down, down into the 275 range, getting as low as... 200 points uh, on March uh, 18th. So at 218, we're seeing obviously just been a, a complete drop anyway. So we're uh, looking forward. I mean, the thing is, I guess it's a two-edged sword. Before we go, to, oh, actually, I want to ask you this after the break. Let's go to commercial break first because I want to ask you about how this might be a two-edged sword because for some people, will the cannabis stocks, will the investments be looked at as something that if it's still if cannabis is still considered a fringe, will that be the next place to go as opposed to, you know, working and trying to work into a bear market, which people feel like it is right now. What would that kind of uh, that little parallel be? I want to go and get that idea from. But first off, let's go and go off to a quick commercial break. I'm here with Marion Maretasan and Alan Benkier with Simplify and Salon Solutions. We're going to go ahead and come back with more questions with them after a quick break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. 
We're back here on Blunt Business again with Marian Maria Tassan of Simplifya, the CEO and co-founder of Simplifya, and the managing partner and board member of Ceylon Solutions, Alan Bankier. Alan, before the break, I was going to ask you the question about when we're seeing the drop of the pricing right now, I mean, we're seeing a lot of different indications about the amount of investing that's being brought in even before the coronavirus pandemic came into place. But what I want to know is, would this be a buying opportunity for cannabis for those that are in the industry that if they're mainstream stock buyers, they're looking at other fringe outlets to go, they might look at cannabis as that. Would this be a buying opportunity, do you think? So uh, I've been in the finance world for very long, and uh, I learned very quickly that not being a financial advisor, it's always a no-win game recommending to people what to buy or sell. Well, I wouldn't want to say uh, if so you're – I'm not trying to say you advising, but do you think that there are companies that are no, no, going no, to No, 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 I know. I get Okay. It. Yeah. I think I think I think there are going to be substantial opportunities, but I think it's up to the investor and the analyst to choose companies that have strong balance sheets that uh, basically have cash to weather uh, the, uh, the 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 tough situation that we're in now and that we're going to be in. And there are a handful, both in the United States and Canada, and even internationally, that are strong companies. Uh, that that have uh, a build out that are getting to an EBITDA uh, positive and that don't need to keep raising money. But it's a very, very tough environment. And I would wait and see how things shake out, not only uh, for, uh, for for cannabis companies, but for the market in, in general, because we are in a very volatile and uncharted uh, time. You know, one of the bigger issues is that some of these companies will need to raise money and you know their valuations are, are dramatically lower now and that means that uh they're 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 gonna have to give away more of the company than they they originally intended and it's going to be very difficult for the ones that are that are that are publicly quoted we now have a phenomenon where you're going to see the public companies driving down the value of the private companies because some of these public companies are becoming so attractive that people might say, wait a minute, why take a risk on a, a public, a private company when I can, you know, get some opportunities in, in some of the public companies. But I still think it's, it's, it's still pretty, pretty dangerous out there. And uh, I would not uh, uh, risk investing in these companies unless you really know how to analyze companies and, and uh, do your homework. Okay. I took us on a little detour right there. And I, Alan, I appreciate it because I just think when we go into that, into that questioning, I just thought that was a very important thing to point out. But I want to get us back on the road. I want to get back to Marion and get back to your interview that you conducted with Benzinga about the crucial need for cannabis, reg tech, and a shaking economy. So, Marion, in the same interview, you also said this, quote, many executives started thinking about how to create the best to create the longest runway possible for their companies if the markets continue to collapse. COVID-19 just panicked cannabis executives so bad that many companies were planning to raise money now had to go into survival mode. They had to buy time to come out of the other end of this crisis, not knowing how long it was going to take. You later said that companies rushed to cut their burn. And that's why I think many 
started to lay people off. So we're seeing the dynamic, and obviously we just mentioned before the break about there is no relief at the moment, nothing from the any of the stimulus uh, bills that are coming out from the federal government of the United States are going to help and uh, directly affect any cannabis businesses. So question to you is, what would you advise companies that have laid off workers or are on the brink of laying off workers? Because I think, is it a point where... Do you feel like maybe that they're trying to pull that maybe the trigger's being pulled a little too prematurely at this point? Well, I think uh, not necessarily. Again, I think it depends on the balance sheet, even you know to what Alan was alluding to earlier. You know, if I, the good news is, as I mentioned earlier, cannabis is here to stay. That's that's what the indications all Great. seem to point towards. However, I think the fact that we don't know how long COVID, you know, this kind of change in the way the world operates, is going to last. Uh, you know, even if companies were planning to raise money, because they're now having a tougher time raising money, they do need to go into the survival mode I was mentioning. And so, therefore, I don't think they were, you know, I think they're being very smart. I think they're being prudent in, in, in the fact that they're furloughing or laying people off just because if you can't raise money and you have to go into survival mode, you do have to find a longer runway than originally anticipated, right? And so... Yeah. Um, even if you know if you're not able to work as efficiently as a company as you were doing, you know, even two three months ago, um, I think I think uh, laying off and furloughing at this point is, is the right time. At this point, there is nothing like a rainy day fund that's going to be able to help all these companies. No one's going to be set so far ahead in profits per quarter that's going to change much of that. And I, I can understand that where companies are still prematurely new in the space, where some are only so many few years old, working their way to build themselves up. And again, every time they're getting a seat of capital, trying to build this back up. And I think the one that's got to be said was maybe there's been a little bit of frivolity in terms of, well, you know, the discretion behind how some companies might have used that capital spend and now being in the situation might have should have had second thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when cash was flowing in freely and at great valuations a year or two ago, um, you know, some companies that raised much more than they needed, obviously now a little bit better of a balance sheet versus yeah. ones that were doing smaller tranches. Um, so, you know, given that, I think everything, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But you know, now facing what we never thought we would be facing as as a world with COVID nineteen, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of CEOs that are thinking, "Oh my gosh, I wish I'd done this or done that." But you know, now it's just really about really trying to understand what your company is able to do. Uh, you know, in terms of offering, say, for example, Simplify as a service provider to the industry, we know that we have to maintain what we're doing and and still continue to do it better and do it faster just because of the nature of what we do. So now I want to ask you about that. Actually, you bring up a great point. You bring up my next question. I want to talk about because of productivity being consistent, your entire engineering and quality assurance staff are overseas in Sri Lanka through Ceylon Solutions. So you have a good thing set where you're already working remotely. You're already accustomed to working with remote people since the inception of the company. Talk to me about this transition and making all right. the workload being done remotely and overseas. Yeah, so Simplify, you know, when we started off, we, we started outsourcing from day one to Ceylon Solutions just because it was a great way. As a startup, you know, you're always mindful about burn. And for us, uh, you know, u- utilizing Ceylon Solutions afforded us a way that's typically about 50% cheaper than it would be to have engineers sitting in Denver. And so um, for us, it wasn't a very tough transition obviously the denver 
the core team that's based in Denver, now we've had to go remote. But in terms of the engineering staff, you know, we've we've basically maintained and even added a few more because the cost is so nominal. Um, and you know, Simplify now is not just working with licensed operators, but we're working with financial institutions and insurance companies, and we even have a solution for government that we're coming out with. And so, to maintain all those kind of different products for different customer base. And to continue to innovate the product set for licensed operators, we had to keep going at the pace that we're at, at the very least, if not even speed it up. And so, you know, Salon was an easy way of doing that for us. And cash crunch, we're able to add a few more engineers in Sri Lanka for a fraction of the price and continue to innovate. So, you know, we've been very lucky in, in that as well. And George, if I could just sure. jump in for one second here. Um, one of the uh, one of the results, a little bit of the uh, initially the cash crunch, and certainly now the whole pandemic, for a lot of uh, uh, cannabis companies, is that um, you know Ceylon Solutions is now talking to uh, companies on helping them how to reduce uh, their burn and, and by shifting some of the work that they still need to do uh, offshore and and reduce some of that cost. So. That is something that we're actively uh, and aggressively doing is helping companies uh, reduce their uh, tech costs by seeing how we can shift some of that work from wherever they're sitting and bring it to uh, uh, Sri Lanka, where, again, as, as uh, uh, Marion mentioned, it's about 50 percent less than it is here. And that doesn't mean just cutting the whole team. That can even be just reducing the team here and having it supported by uh, less expensive resources uh, offshore. Because I think in this environment, you know, you can either cut expenses or increase sales or raise money. Raising money, very difficult. Increasing sales when most places can only do delivery, that's also difficult. But cutting expenses and, and trying to do what you're bringing it down to the bone, that's what companies need to be focused on now. We're going to go back to another commercial break. I've still got a few more things to go and talk about with Marian Maria Tassan, the CEO and co-founder of Simplify, and Alain Benquier, the managing partner and board member of Ceylon Solutions. We'll be back with both of these gentlemen. And our final questions for business in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Wrapping up final questions, I'm here with the CEO and co-founder of Simplify, Marian Maria Tassan, Alan Bankier, managing partner, board member of Ceylon Solutions here on Blunt Business. Wrapping things up, gentlemen, uh, Marian, in the same interview we've been talking about from Benzinga, which was really about the crucial need for cannabis, reg tech, and a shaky economy, you also said when it comes to advice for other CEOs in the cannabis space during this difficult time, you said, quote, it's worth pointing out that we have a wonderful community of smart and talented CEOs and employees in our industry. But my advice for them is what I tell myself. We have a responsibility to our shareholders, our employees, and our communities, and the world. As we continue to proudly serve an industry that is clearly proven to be an essential part of every life, and even more so now with a pandemic and financial crisis at our doorstep. As we face uncertainty, chaos, and panic, my hope is that the industry bands together even more and helps each other any way we can. As United Industry, we can serve one another and the world. We are all the same citizens of this wonderful planet, and it's been made clear that none of us can do it alone. Sounds like you're running up for office there, Marion. What's going on there? <laughs> I like like what you said. What I just thought we need to point out that statement. What well said. Very ambassadorial like. Uh so with that said, well, I, I just want to go ahead and just take across. Um, how long do you think you, you know if we if if potentially say that we um, are on the on the other end and we're starting to see some states take the shelter in place dynamic off and some businesses um, the economy in some states are able to go and open back up again. You know, I mean, I know Denver they just put a thing where stay in place is down through April twenty sixth, so. There's obviously some lag time that's going to take after the fact once that we get more or less into a moral, uh, to a chance where we're trying to get the economy going, trying to get, you know, society working again, getting back to some normalcy. How long do you think it'll take for companies to go and get 
things back to some kind of a normal routine, normal production cycle? So I think that's it's uh, it's going to really depend, George, a lot on you know how much cutbacks or furloughing or kind of the state of a, a company's current position when when we come out the other end, right? So for example, with Simplifier, we we intend to maintain our kind of momentum um, of what we're doing in terms of the value that we're bringing to the industry. So when we come out the other end, for us, it's not going to make too much more of an impact for us, aside from the fact that our customers now will probably be coming back again, depending on you know how it's affected them. Um, you know, when they come back to us, you know, we're still going to be going at the same pace that we are. So, you know, for, from a simplifier perspective, I think, you know, when we come out of this, we're going to accelerate even more. Uh, for others, again, depending on, you know, exactly what sort of changes they've had to make, I would suspect it's going to take at least a month, couple of months, to really get their feet under themselves, maybe bring back all the furloughed employees, get them up to speed, get, you know, start focusing on kind of what their mission was initially and their vision was, and, and to start really uh, cranking it 100%. So it's going to vary company to company, but you know, I would suspect at least a, a month or two before everyone's really getting back to their capacity. We can only hope. It's a lot we're trying to go through right now. And so, whew, I mean, it, it's going to be a tough time yeah. for everybody. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. And George, it's also going to be state by state, right? Because uh, this is a rolling uh, situation where right now New York is the epicenter California's done a great job, but it's going to be state by state. And, you know, the economy is a very big interrelated uh, machine, and it's going to take, it's going to be hard to reverse all this. And uh, luckily, 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 the cannabis industry uh, being deemed an essential industry didn't have to shut down completely like the restaurants or hospitality or the airlines, but it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle coming, you know, coming out of this. Exactly. And upcoming episodes of Blunt Business, please make sure to stay tuned for. We're going to also be talking about the issue when it comes to compliance and all the issues coming behind that because even with the issues we have now, just trying to go ahead and continue to keep compliance point of center with a changing supply chain, if that case may may be happening for certain companies. We're also going to talk about the delivery system because we're obviously going to see a rise in deliveries and really just the way that people are going to be ordering their cannabis. If, if in California, we're already seeing how many different companies are not competing for that spend. Was that going to be what we're going to see now? Obviously, certain digital you know ways of the consumers are reaching out for services. If the service industry is going to be much more digital, will the digital will the delivery industry become something that more states are going to adopt to help out in this in this sense? Because in the same way essential products that are now being said essential items or cannabis so do we need to be able to make delivery options available for them do we need to quickly run those things up so we're going to have a talk with uh several guests we'll be talking about that on upcoming shows we already had those scheduled and ready to go and you'll be hearing them on upcoming episodes of blunt business in the meantime i want to thank marianne Matatasan, I'm gonna. I don't have to say those words anymore. You guys have some uh, <laughs> the easiest <laughs> names in the world to pronounce. Maria Tassan, the CEO and co-founder of Simplify, and Alan Bankier, managing partner and board member of Salon Solutions. Real quickly, uh, Simplify is S I M P L I F Y A dot com, and Salon Solutions. What's the website, Alan? Uh, 
It's uh, CeylonSolutions.com. Of course, Ceylon, that's C-E-Y-L-O-N. If you you know Sri Lanka, you know Ceylon. That's the idea. And uh, real quickly, you know, if people are going to the websites real quickly, what do you uh, want to be able to offer to people that are looking to go and speak to you about RegTech and any issues? Um, what can you, what is it you want to be able to make sure that you are able to offer to our listeners at this time? So it simplifies, it, you know, if you're, a, if you're a licensed operator and you have a license to work in the legal cannabis space, um, you know, compliance should be front and center. Um, obviously, regardless of COVID or not, if you're operating in this space, compliance and regulatory and operational compliance is a essential need. And so, you know, that's what Simplify offers. And then for uh, financial institutions, if you want your licensed operators to be abiding by the FinCEN guidelines, which means basically your operators need to be abiding by state and local regs, then Simplify has a solution for them. Same thing with insurance. Um, you know, they want to make sure that everyone has a valid license and is playing above board. Um, those are the different types of products that we have for the industry. And for, and for Ceylon Solutions, you know, just like we were discussing before, it's an excellent way to reduce your uh, uh, tech development uh, and software engineering development costs by easily up to 50%. Uh, and uh, we're always helpful and open to talking to people and seeing how we can help them do that and, and doing it doing it pretty quick. We give basically a free uh, evaluation of the current costs and what it would look like uh, if you decided to work with us. All right. Well, Marianne, Alan, thank you so much for being with us here on Bump Business. Really do appreciate you making time, and thanks for offering some really worthwhile information. Thank you, George. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. And thank you, listeners, for listening to another edition of Bump Business. Again, stick with us here every week. We're going to continue to go ahead and cover what's going on when it comes to the business world of cannabis, especially during this time. But obviously, uh, you know, we don't want to just be, you know, doom and gloom here. We're looking to be constructive and not critical. We want to be more constructive, less critical. We want to definitely go ahead and keep people productive. Make sure that you know what information you're getting from the top experts so that we keep everyone together and make sure this essential plant can be given the essential things necessary to keep business going because we'll make sure the cannabis business stays thriving after this pandemic has subsided. So thank you again, folks, for listening to Blunt Business. You can find past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com. Of course, find the show through all of our partners that distribute the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and all the others. Make sure to just look for Blunt Business and make sure to subscribe to the show. Rate and review. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That will be greatly appreciated. Thanks again for listening.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.